I'm Brenna, a certified sex expert and sex coach who is passionate about human sexuality, female empowerment, and helping people develop the sex life of their dreams. I'm Brian, certified relationship coach, eager to share my unique relationship experiences along with a rich history of sexuality to coach you through your personal journey. And you're listening to Sex on Your Terms. Today we're going to be talking about a topic near and dear to my heart, something that we talk about very often, both from a societal perspective as well as from a lifestyle perspective, and that is the idea of feminism, of female empowerment, and of erasing double standards when it comes to gender. So we are going to get into all of that very shortly, but first we have a sex in the news that I thought was quite interesting, a little funny. I mean, there was definitely a part of us that chuckled when we read it, but it makes perfect sense as well. So this comes from an article from Mind Body Green, which is a health-based company. And basically what they did was they rounded up some of the most interesting sex research from 2020. And one of the findings that they discuss is the fact that just saying the word clitoris out loud is linked to better sex by women. So as most of us are aware, the clitoris is the main sexual erogenous zone for clit-having people, but because mainstream porn and other media has kind of romanticized or put P in V penetration as the highest level of sexual satisfaction, often the clitoris is overlooked to the point that some guys are honestly really not sure where it is. And I know that that's always kind of been a joke, like, oh, you can't find the the clit. But I've been with men who I swear have zero idea where it is. I know men myself, not lifestyle guys, certainly, but my vanilla world who never provided oral for a woman. So there's no way they could know. Well, that's insane. (laughs) I don't have words for that. Adults, adult men. So further proving how important the clit is, the same study states that just being comfortable using the word clitoris is associated with greater sexual satisfaction and being less likely to fake orgasms. Basically, the research shows a link between using the word clitoris and a comfort level with expressing what it is that you want sexually. And I think that makes all the sense in the world because I think that there are women out there who are embarrassed about their sexual needs as Obviously, they shouldn't be, and I wish that wasn't the case, but I do think that that's still an issue that exists in our society. And if you can't even say the word clit, how can you possibly tell someone to lick your clit or touch your clit the way you want it to be touched? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense if you're open and expressive with your sexuality, right? I guess in a lot of different ways, not just maybe identifying the clitoris, as this article outlined. But I think if you're more open sexually anyway and willing to have those conversations, you probably are a more sexual person, a healthier sexual person, potentially. I mean, it makes sense to me. We talk about clit all the time. I have a great sex life. <laughs> yeah, true. You know, I mean, yeah, know, I do I, too. I, I and see the clit all the time. I touch the clit. I lick the clit. And yeah, I say clit all the time. Why do you think that so many women fake orgasms? I think this brings up another part of this topic. Well, it used to be for me, I had this conversation actually many years ago with a, a woman who was much older than me. And in fact, she was probably... Back then, I'm going to say she was my age now, and I was probably 10 years younger than her, maybe a drop younger than that even. And we were talking about that. She had recently been with someone who she faked an orgasm with, and I asked her why she did that and if she did that a lot. And she said, I don't do that often. She said, however, 
it used to be when she was a younger gal, she said she would do it to make the guy feel better, knowing full well that it was a terrible experience. Stroke that male ego. Yes. But now she told she told me at that point that we were at or that she was at, she said she did it because she didn't want to seem rude and she wanted the opportunity to see the person again and was afraid if they felt like she wasn't pleasured that they wouldn't want to see her again. And I thought, well, that was really strange. Like, so you're willing to see someone again on a physical level who was not satiating your needs to the point that you would fake an orgasm. Why not just say, hey, this this is, isn't working. I, this is what I need you to do to help me get to orgasm. Well, I think it kind of ties into our topic today perfectly, which we'll obviously get to in more depth very soon. But I think women are socialized to be people pleasers. It's hap- It happens from when you're a young child all the way through your life. You're expected in a lot of ways to stroke the male ego sure. and to help men feel better about themselves as if, as if that is somehow a woman's responsibility. Right. And I just find it sad that some women, so many women do. I think, I mean, the research that I last saw said something like one in three women often fakes an orgasm. That's an insane number of people to me. Well, sadder for me when it comes to the men, because if you're a person who identifies as a man and in your relationship, I don't care who your relationship is with, if you are that, let's say, insecure, that needy a person personally, to have to have constant value from your partner at how amazing you are in whatever aspect. And it's great to have the support from your partner, obviously. But if your partner is literally really giving away their own satisfaction, denying their own satisfaction and needs, simply because your ego requires stroking to that degree, uh, that's a character piece. You need to look at yourself Absolutely. But it's also a socialization for men. Men are expected to be these sex machines. They're the ones that are supposed to take charge and the virility. Yeah. And understand how to please a woman. And and there's all of these things that are tied to a man's sexuality that if he doesn't feel like he's living up to that expectation, it has a way of really messing with his head and making him feel bad, which I'm not saying is okay. But I also think that it's another example of how as a society, we've kind of done a disservice to people from a sexuality perspective. Well, it's a communicative piece, right? If you're not talking to each other, which we talk about all the time, you're never going to know what is going to work or what isn't going to work. So maybe just have a conversation about, hey, what we're doing isn't working. It's not necessarily just you. I haven't conveyed to you what it is that really works for me and gets the juices flowing, so to speak. People are just afraid to have those conversations. What are you going to do, hurt somebody's feelings? You're not going to hurt my feelings if you tell me that I need to do something that I'm not doing in order to provide you the maximum amount of pleasure. All you're doing for me is providing me more information and helping me build my resume. Yeah, That's all you're doing. So if you can help me do that, why would I not be appreciative and open to that? And that's my point. If you're so close-minded, you can't get around taking some direction. I recently, we talked about this on our other show. We, I say recently, a few couple of months back, I had a, an unbelievable night with a, a, someone that I was communicating with for a while and hadn't really seen. And her name was Jennifer on the show. And she brought with her her own little bullet vibrator. And when she was riding me, she was using it on herself because she knew that's what she needed. 
I didn't freak out about it. I held it for her. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Tell me what you're looking for, what it, what it's going to require. I want you to be satisfied. And why wouldn't you want that for your partner, whoever your partner is? I agree. But I think this article is a perfect example of if you're not sexually open, if you can't even say the word clitoris. Or you're bound up. You, wh- yeah. What are the chances that you're going to bring a vibrator to put on your clitoris during sex with somebody else? It's going to be probably, it, that's not part of your repertoire. That's not maybe even something you fully understand. I know that there are a lot of women out there. I said kind of tongue-in-cheek at the beginning like oh there's a lot of guys out there who don't even know where the clit is i think there are a lot of women who probably everyone knows where their clitoris is but maybe they have zero idea of what feels good on it they haven't explored with themselves even well sure we talk to people like that a, a few people actually who have been in the same relationship since childhood for the most part and never really expanded their sexual vocabulary certainly their sexual iq has not been increased and they still after what was it 20 or 25 years of being together don't know how to please one another yeah that that happens that's a real thing so i get it yeah i mean you got it why not say the word clitoris it's, it just sounds nice i yeah. just like the way it sounds even better say what feels good on your clitoris <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> baby steps if you're not there i totally get that but i just feel like we all need to be so much more open and willing to fight for what we want in the bedroom for sure Sure. So Agreed. anyway, take away from that. Say clitoris and tell yes. people what you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you have a clitoris, if you're a clitoris owner, throw it out there. Tell them what you need. Tell them you know, wh- how it works, where it is. Give them pointers, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Make yourself very comfortable with your clitoris. Absolutely. And guys get comfortable with it. Yeah. A hundred percent. Get intimately comfortable and familiar with your partner's clitoris yeah you are very intimate friends with my clitoris and it's pretty fantastic yes i am (laughs) which benefits me so i don't understand how that's like a problem for guys or you know people so as mentioned at the top of today's episode we are going to be talking about a topic near and dear to my heart we have definitely touched on parts of this topic in the past but we wanted to dedicate an episode to it for a couple of different reasons one because it's something i have been talking a lot about especially since we've been on the road and just kind of thinking having more time to think deeply about some of the issues that we as women have not only in society but also from a lifestyle perspective obviously we're very happy and excited that we have a voice in this community and I want to use it today for something that I'm passionate about. Yeah, absolutely. You and I talked at, in, at length about it yesterday, actually, because it was really something you've been pondering for a while. And I think it's important. We should really kind of try to flesh it out a little bit. Yeah. First of all, I'll say, I think that there are a lot of people that hear the word feminism and it's kind of this icky feeling that they get about it. And yeah, I don't completely discount that idea because I think that there has been a brand of feminism that has happened in which it's this very kind of radical thing. It's very kind of man-hating or, you know, trying to make it seem as if women are somehow better than or, or those types of things. And I think that that's the wrong kind of feminism. I think that there is a far more thoughtful type of feminism that has to do with eliminating some of the misogynistic elements of our society. And I think that what we're seeing right now in the lifestyle is 
in my opinion, a push toward getting away from some of those double standards or misogynistic ideas. And I want to see that continue. And I wanted to flush some of those things out today. Okay, I'm ready to do just that. Okay, so first I want to say we're going to talk about some of the lifestyle stuff first and we can get to kind of more the big picture towards the end. Okay, yeah, the lifestyle thing. Well, that's frankly where I'm, I get the most confused with it all. It, it surprises me the most. Well, it was really interesting because you and I were having this conversation. We were on the road. We were traveling an hour yesterday and basically the entire hour we were talking about this topic and I said something along the lines of, you know, at some point I'd really like to do something, some sort of content creation that speaks to women in the lifestyle and really building up women, empowering women to have larger voices and to be proud of their sexuality and all of those things. And you had said, well, in the lifestyle that you may not need to do that as much as you would if you weren't in the lifestyle because there are so many empowered women and men who want to empower women in the lifestyle. And while I don't disagree with that, I do think that you see, especially from a sexual perspective, you see far more sexual empowerment of women. There are still these elements that exist within the lifestyle that, in my opinion, are made to kind of keep women in a box and in some ways objectify them. And that's kind of the issue that I have right now. Yeah, no, I get it. We were talking about it yesterday and it was interesting because I had not looked at it through that lens. Obviously, I am not someone who identifies as a woman, so I don't know that I would. Although I'm aware and sensitive to a lot of it, a bit of it escaped me because, again, in the lifestyle, as you said, women are very much empowered and for the most part. They are the women drive the lifestyle. It, you know, Anything that happens in our relationship, just like a lot of lifestyle couples... It is female-driven. People get the wrong idea from the vanilla world that, oh, it's it's the guys dragging their wives in like cavemen by the hair and, you know, taking part in these illicit behaviors. Not the case. You don't do anything in this space without the approval of the gal first, period. You make all the decisions. Yeah, not in every relationship, but that definitely tends to be the norm from our experience. And ours it is. So, yeah, and I agree with you. And I also think that we're kind of on this brink of being far more sexually empowered within the lifestyle in general. I think that there's a lot of things that have happened, a lot of voices that have come out, other podcasts that are female-driven, other content creators who are incredibly uh, feministic, and, and that's amazing. But there are still these things that bug the crap out of me. For example, themes of parties. Yeah, okay? we talk about that a lot. Now, I have seen an improvement in probably, well, obviously 2020 was kind of a bust, but yeah. prior to that, I would say the first year we were in the lifestyle, and it could have also been a regional thing. It could have been where we were located and the types of parties we were being exposed to. Oh, for sure. But it was a lot of things like pimps and hoes. And the other one that absolutely drives me crazy, it makes my skin stand on edge or my skin stand up straight, is schoolgirl. Yeah, like naughty schoolgirl. School yeah. I hate that or theme. Or back to school, whatever the fuck Back to is. school is one that people are like, oh, well, anyone could dress up for that. But what is the expectation of a woman when it's back to school? Oh, it's I, I mean, you could, I have a picture in my mind, right? It's the plaid skirt. It's the tight little white sweater. It's the pigtails. Knee-high socks. Yeah, a book bag and a teddy bear. I mean, you could just see it, which gets really fucking creepy for me to some degree anyway. So I mean, I think it's creepy on its own, but I think, I think back to school is a perfect example of what I'm talking about with kind of this double standard, right? So so men either are not expected to dress up at all because men are far less likely to dress up for themes anyway, right. or for something like back to school, they're wearing things like football jerseys. Well, yeah, we, we, okay, wait, let's clarify. It's not just like somebody went to the store, bought a brand new jersey off the rack and 
came in with a pair of slacks or whatever and just threw it on. First of all, I don't even know what that most of the guys that were wearing the football jerseys at the party we were at probably never played football. Secondly, they were dirty, dingy, old. They had dirty gym shorts on. One of the guys was wearing flip flops. It's like they didn't, I mean, they didn't even take it seriously. Now, again, could have been a regional thing, like you said, but the women definitely are expected and do oftentimes really get involved in those situations when it comes to being dressed up. Guys do not. And when you don't ask them to do something specific, you're going to get a mishmash of stuff. Right. Well, I guess my point is like just that theme in general lends itself to men being able to wear pretty much anything and women being expected to be in what I consider to be kind of creepy clothing, very objectifying clothing. And I understand some people like that theme. So if you do, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that's an example of one of the ways in which you go into an event and you're immediately put at a disadvantage as a woman. Yeah. It's again, right, right away. If a, if that, if a naughty schoolgirl theme party is being held and there are a hundred women and a hundred men in that room without fail, a hundred of the women are going to be dressed in plaid skirts and sweaters and the pigtail. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I mean, it's I wasn't, I didn't No, we but went, My point but... is if they're going to get dressed for that, that's essentially the go-to, sure. right? That's the majority of people. That's where they're going to. I've never seen any variants of that. I've seen variations of that costume, but never anything outside of that. And guys are just all over the place. They're just all over the place because they don't have to. I mean, what are they supposed to, what are they going to wear, right? Right. They're not expected You're, to look a certain way at that theme. Yeah. You, you wear your graduation gown and cap. I mean, what do you do? You know? Yeah. And I think even I always look at the dress codes. Whenever we're going to go to a new club, a new event, whatever, I always look at the dress code. A, because I want to make sure we're obviously going to be within dress code, which we always are because we usually overdress for, for events. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but also, I am so curious at the differences in expectations for men versus women. For example, often the dress code will say something like, women, you should come in lingerie. You should dress provocatively. I've seen certain dress codes that say things like the sexier, the better, the less clothing, the better. And then for men... Or anything but clothes. We've seen that. For men, it's often nice business casual type things. You know, wear slacks, wear a button down, closed toed shoes. It's almost like the men get to be these professional, well put together people and the women are expected to dress in as little as humanly possible. Yeah, you're on display. All, yeah, exactly. As a way to display yourself and make the event somehow more enjoyable for the male gaze. Well, it goes back to the original thought of, you know, why ladies night was invented. You know, when it comes to bars and that kind of thing, ladies night was invented to get guys in the room. Yeah. You let the ladies in free, they drink cheap or for free. And then what do you end up with? You end up with a, a room full of guys chasing after them. I mean, that's where ladies night came from. It's essentially the same kind of thing. It's, I mean, it's a terrible way to look at it, but it's almost like in a situation like we were referring to or like you're referring to with the, the schoolgirl thing or the costumes in general, it, or should say dress code. It's almost like the women are the bait. Yes. That's that's what it is, right? I'm with you. You and I are together. I'm dressed like I would be to go out to a bar with buddies, you know. You're in lingerie or less. In some cases, we've seen anything but clothing that's bizarre. And you're there with me, so what am I doing? I'm just dangling you out there for other people to come over and, you know, and get involved with us because they want to see you up close and, you know, get closer to the half naked chick or, you know, whatever that looks like. Meanwhile, I look like, uh, you know, Friday casual at the office. And let's be, if we're going to get real about this topic, let's be really real about this topic. 
clubs make their money, events make their money off of single guys. 100%. They charge more for single men to attend. They we, they say it's to weed out the single men that aren't quality, but that's not true. The reality no. of it is they know single men will pay more to get in. Absolutely. Especially if those single men know that there's going to be a bunch of beautiful, mostly naked women running around at this event. Yeah. Well, so again, let's let me clarify. Not every Every place does that or every party does that, I should say. We have attended a few, or two, I think, where that was not the case. Charge them the exact same. So the couples were a a certain amount, single females a certain amount, men were the same, which I thought was really interesting. Now, they may limit the number of single men, but they don't charge them anymore. However, there are a lot of places that do. And while the, the reasoning is, well, we're trying to clean up how many single guys or the quality, let's say, that they use, quote unquote, of single guys, I don't believe that works at all. First of all, what it does is it lends itself to somebody having a much greater sense of entitlement. If I have paid $10 for something and someone else has paid 100 for the same exact thing, that person is going to instinctively believe that they are owed something more than I got. We paid the same. So my behavior is going to change, certainly. My expectations are certainly going to change. And that changes everything, right? It puts them in a completely different mindset. At least to me, it does. Well, and once again, from the female perspective, you are the you're the entertainment. You're the reason they're there, right? To see right. you, to see your mostly naked body, to see you in your lingerie, to hopefully get the chance to touch you. It's a very kind of creepy vibe when you think of it like that. It can be, certainly. And it's interesting because, you know, as a bisexual man or a pansexual man, I have never been approached at a club or an event by a a single guy who said to me, hey, my name is such and such. Just wondering, you know, I'm here. I'm bisexual. Are you you interested? You know, I've never been approached. No single dude has ever approached me at a club or an event. So you have to believe that the majority of them are there because the women are there. Right. Just like ladies night, <laughs> you know? So it's it's essentially the same thing. Now, it does look like, as you mentioned, that's that's starting to, the, sh- the tide is shifting a little bit in that area. The party themes seem, at least that we have seen re- recently, are not that. They're not the typical, stereotypical party themes that we have seen before. We tend to seek out events that are not that way as well. Yeah. I think, you know, Scarlet Ranch in Denver is a place we've been on a couple of different occasions. Both of the times that we've gone, the themes were very either geared towards anyone being able to dress up or, you know, geared towards you being able to wear whatever you want and not feel out of place. Right. For example, a pur- purple passion party, yeah, exactly. a foam party. That's one of the ones that you could dress in a bikini or you could dress in whatever a really nice dress and not get in the foam. I mean, there were people kind of dressed in all sorts of different things. It wasn't like this misogynistic theme of like, oh, women, you need to dress as slutty and scantily clad as humanly possible. Yeah, well, uh, well, like a foam party, for example, is kind of interesting. I, I While I cannot get in the foam because I'm highly allergic as you are as well, we found out the hard way. It's interesting because in a foam-like situation or a pool party, for example, right? People are simply expected to wear whatever is convenient or appropriate. So if you're going to a pool party, typically you're in a bathing suit, you're in shorts or whatever, or in some cases you're wearing nothing because it's permissible. If you're at a foam party, probably it's likely that everyone will wear less clothing because you don't want that stuff on you. That shit sticks. It gets crazy. 
so that kind of opens up the door to people being on a more of an even playing field. Yes, it's right? an equalizer. That that just it just cleans up all of that shit. Yes. So like the Purple Passion Party, for example, that you're referencing, or a, a themed like um, an era party, the 80s, the 70s, the 90s. That makes things a lot easier. That really cleans things up as well. Or a dress code that is just like a vanilla club would be. Yeah. You dr- know, you're yeah. expected to look like you're going to a club. You're expected to yeah. be in club attire. Well, you know, men are in slacks women are in dresses or slacks themselves you know there's at that point there's no need to feel as if you are somehow pressured to put on the least amount of clothing humanly possible when it came to the clubs and uh, in fact some employees depending on the situation our go-to my former company our go-to was date ready so if you're coming to the club look date ready you're coming to the casino look date ready that's it now that's a lot of things but at least it tells you you need to put a little bit more effort in than you did you know, then you would go into the, you know, the local pub with your boys. Yeah. So once again, it's just one of those things that like as a woman, and here's the thing, I like being sexy. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be able to wear something sexy when you go out. I'm not saying that as a woman, you know, I know that there are a lot of people that enjoy the club atmosphere, going to clubs and events specifically to dress in a kind of sexy way that maybe you wouldn't in your normal vanilla life. It's that escape from reality, which is what the lifestyle is for a lot of people, period. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just don't like the expectation of it. I don't like the fact that women are made to feel as if they have to dress a certain way in order to appease the men that happen to be going to the event. Well, appease the masses yeah and i agree with you there are a lot of folks who enjoy that type of event and costume play and all that type of thing i totally get that there's a there's room for all of that i think is it's really what you mentioned it's a it's an expectation and it, it doesn't seem to be equal for the most part right i mean we talked about the differences between what is socially acceptable in a lifestyle club for men as opposed to to the gals and uh, yeah it's definitely not congruent no doubt about it well i also think that that relates very well to the next thing that i really am not uber pleased with in terms of gender equality in the lifestyle and that is the level of involvement of sexy pictures and and other things, other sexy elements when you're in a lifestyle group. So for example, I'm part of several Facebook groups that are specifically dedicated to different demographics within the lifestyle, different areas, regions, whatever. And often the women will throw up pictures of themselves or the husbands or boyfriends will throw up pictures of their female partners in the group, not naked because it's Facebook, they can't be naked, but once again, very scantily clad in sexually suggestive positions, etc. Very rarely do the men throw those same pictures of themselves up there or the wives or girlfriends throw those pictures up of their husbands. It's this idea once again of everyone wants to see the woman and nobody wants to see the guy and women are almost expected to share those sexy elements with others when they're in those group environments. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Which will bring me to our group. We have a Telegram group for our patrons with well over 120 people in it. Today, we're recording this as Wednesday. It's Wiener Wednesday. Yes. It's nothing but wieners all day long. Now, not not nothing, but, but predominantly wieners. All the guys get on board. And it's really very... It's an open space, obviously. It's very comfortable. It's inviting. It's a thoughtful space. But I think one of the reasons we started it was because we didn't want just the women participating. And it's a space for guys, the guys in the group, those that identify as men, to just put it all out there with zero judgment, 
no shame whatsoever. I've already posted my picture this morning. I think I was the second one to do it. Yeah, not only can men be celebrated for their bodies as well they should be, but women also don't feel as if, oh, I have to do this and my male partner doesn't have to do this. I am somehow pulling this whole thing along, like trying to to get people interested in us sexually. And that's all on me. And my partner just gets to get, sit back and reap all the rewards of it. Exactly. Well, again, I, I it's I don't want to I hate to say it, but there's really no better way to say it. No, no more realistic way to say it. In my opinion, it's always like bait. It, you're throwing the line out there. You're, you're throwing the picture out there because you're trying to get a reaction, trying to get some attention and then bringing that attention back, reeling it in and therefore benefiting from it. But not the case with the guys. I mean, uh, other than ours, I mean, we've never seen another group where the the guys in our group are just as naked as the women throughout the course of the week because we also have shirtless Saturday, we've got sexy Sunday, and there's no telling what you're going to see. And then it's the couples that get involved together, which is great, right? Even if it's like Titty Tuesday, you're going to see some boobs, but you may also see somebody's penis in the picture as well. You just never know. Uh, I did that the other day. Everybody got a twofer. So it just is a place where you get more comfortable because the guys are also doing the same thing they're 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 naked too they're they're exposing themselves they're vulnerable right guys don't want to be vulnerable that's the problem with all of this i think that's so true i hadn't thought of that but i think that's absolutely what it is well i look at it like this okay we if you're if we're at a party and we've been to many and people just start getting undressed typically not always but typically the highest percentage of the time women get undressed first Yes. Guys are typically still wearing some article of clothing, typically covering their genitals in the party and all the women are already naked, right? We see it all the time at the parties that we've been to. Now, again, that could have been regional and it was pre-2020 because 2020 was a shit show for everybody and you never saw anything in 2020. (laughs) But that is typically the case. Now, is that because women have become more empowered? And I will say that in lifestyle circumstances... I believe absolutely women feel much better about themselves than than in any other space because it's safe, it's comfortable, it's inviting, it's typically thoughtful, and guys don't do that. They don't feel that way about themselves, and it, it's telling. It, it, you know, we we talk about it all the time. You give me shit sometimes because I'm, you know, I'm on a, a very different fitness journey from from a lot of people, but. I'm very cognizant of how I look because I I want to feel better and and look a certain way. And you give me shit all the time. I don't ever think that I'm I'm never going to be satisfied. Yeah, that's the problem is you don't have a goal and then reach it. And you're like, cool, I reached a goal. No, because I... That's not you. Because I'm still living in the in the past 30 years ago so but with men like it's not like they get together with their friends and talk about how much weight they've gained or lost or this this shirt doesn't fit me right they don't don't do that shit they don't talk about those things they're not vulnerable that way so now you're asking guys to come into a room with a bunch of other people and a bunch of other guys and get completely naked it's just not the thing it's not a thing i've never seen it happen not yet not in a room where there's it's a mixed group and where women do not get undressed first. I'm actually really glad we had this conversation because I think I've only been looking at it from the women's point of view. Like I've only been looking at it in terms of women are these sexual objects and women are treated a certain way, even in the lifestyle, because they are viewed as a commodity for their bodies, which I do think is a huge issue. Right. But the flip side of it is men have been 
in some ways shunned for being sexual objects. If they want to feel like sexual objects, it, that's almost a bad thing. It's seen as creepy yes. or just in other ways unacceptable. Well, I, you know, I do what I do in terms of staying healthy and fit for a lot of reasons. I'm 51 years old. My partner is 20 years my junior. I want to be around a while. I want to be active. That's the biggest thing. I want to be active. And in order to do that, I know that I have to do certain things. Now, I am an extremist, so I take things to a whole nother level. I was also a competitive athlete my whole life, and I live vicariously through those days. So I want to be in that kind of condition, which is never going to happen. However... You're 51. Yeah, I am 51. My body has limitations. Like, my knee hurts right now just sitting here. So... I'm fully aware of those things, but I want to be at my best for my partner and because we are in a lifestyle and we participate in activities where I will very likely have to be naked or want to be naked and will, or at minimum scantily clad. And I, I want to look my best and feel my best because if you feel better, everything else just makes sense. So I'm, I'm totally fine with that. There are a lot of men, those who identify as men, who are not in that space. And, you know, they all need a little bit of help a lot of times. And, uh, and obviously, we talk to a lot of them. But in a room full of people, lifestyle people, it's a mixed group. Those who identify as female, those who identify as male. And the opportunity to get naked presents itself. Women will be naked first. It, it happens every time. I have not seen it any other way. At minimum, the top comes off first, right? How often do you see guys take their shirts off? And an event until everyone is basically shirtless. Yeah, it's very rare. Yeah, it's it just doesn't happen a lot, right? And so I think from that perspective, you're right. Guys aren't supposed to be socially anyway, not supposed to be seen that way or present themselves that way. Listen, I'm a, a bisexual, pansexual man. I like to see naked dudes. Right. right? I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, what I, I like naked people. I enjoy nudity. Our next stop, we're going to be at a nudist resort for a month. It's just a resort. I just want to lay in the sun naked. Right. That's all I want to do. You know, I just like that the, that freedom. And the freedom that being nude provides me is it just changes everything for me. It just makes me feel so much better. You know, but a lot of, a lot of folks have difficulty with that. Well, I think that could be part of a, a body positivity issue as well, which we're not going to talk about today because That's I really want to stay on the topic of female empowerment and of, in my opinion, things that can be done to, to move us in a more positive direction. I do think this kind of segues into something else I wanted to discuss. You had mentioned, Brian, for example, that women are often the first ones to get naked in whether it's a play session or uh, some sort of a, a nude environment within the lifestyle. And I think that that's great because women obviously should be able to do that and they shouldn't be ashamed of being naked and presenting themselves as sexual beings. But I think where it becomes an issue is much like we've been saying throughout this episode, when it's an expectation, yeah. when you are somehow the one that's left out if you are not getting naked. And that also relates very well to bisexuality with women in the lifestyle. Yeah, for sure. Uh, women are celebrated and almost expected to be bisexual or anything other than heteronormative in uh, you know the ethically non-monogamous space men on the other hand not always celebrated potentially in the you know the quote-unquote swinger centric space uh, as being anything other than heteronormative if that's the case it's usually met with some some angst some ire you know some discomfort from other people it's strange. It is strange. And you said celebrated. I don't think that that's true. I think it's an expectation. And the reason I say this is because when we encounter women who are straight in the lifestyle, 
I think that there's almost this feeling of, well, they're still too new to know what they really want, or maybe she just hasn't had enough experience with a woman, or she hasn't met the right woman. It's this idea that women should want to be sexual with other women, and if they aren't or if they don't, that's somehow a strike against them. Oh, 100%. Just like it's a strike against a man if he is bisexual or pansexual or anything other than heteronormative in the space. That's so strange, though. I don't understand that. Why is it like that? It's an insane double standard. It's really hard to wrap my head around. I don't get it. I really don't. The idea that women are, as you said, almost expected. I don't know that everyone expects them to be, but it is certainly far more accepted in the lifestyle than it is for a man to be bisexual. But most guys who are bisexual or who identify as such, a lot of times don't even put it on their profiles to, in, in an you know, attempt to not chase people off. Yeah. Yeah. I, and this is one that I don't really have an answer for how to fix other than that people just need to stop being so ridiculously close-minded. And I think, I mean, I think the biggest issue with this one specifically is that people especially if they've been in the lifestyle for a while and they've encountered a lot of lifestylers, they have this idea of what a lifestyle couple or a lifestyle woman should be. Mm -hmm. And that's based on their past experiences. So it makes sense. But at the same time, when someone comes along that doesn't fit that mold to immediately judge or somehow ridicule them is really unfair. And I really, I really truly wish we'd get away from that. Obviously, I, if you're doing that right now, and, I, and here's the other thing, I think sometimes it's a subconscious thing. You don't even realize you do it. Sure. Here's an example. I was talking with a woman on Instagram several months back, and she was talking about the fact that they are a separate room couple, but she still tends to steer away from couples who list themselves as completely straight, the woman as completely straight. And I found that really fascinating because it's like, well, you're a separate room couple, so why does it matter if the woman is bisexual or straight or has some other sexual orientation? How does it impact you if you're not in a sexual scenario with her? And her response was, well, typically we have found that that means that these women are not super comfortable with their sexuality and they have a lot to learn. That's an interesting perspective. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I don't understand that that line of thinking, I guess. But is she also, is she almost saying that women who don't identify as bisexual are less sexual somehow than women who do say they're bisexual? Less in tune with their sexuality is the way that she made it seem. And and I don't think that she was being malicious. I don't even think she was really thinking about it. It was just kind of this preconceived notion that was sitting in the back of her brain. She wasn't purposely trying to make straight women feel bad or be horrible towards them or anything like that. It was just this idea that she had in her head about a woman's sexuality within the lifestyle based on all of the experiences she'd had up to that point. Well, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, everybody's experiences are different. So maybe, yeah, that may very well have been her experience and her perspective on that because of some of the things that have happened throughout the time that they were playing, I guess. Strange. I I never really thought of that. The flip side, though, is I think that there are probably a lot of women who have played, have been maybe bi-curious, who have played a little bit in the lifestyle, who have had a couple of female-on-female encounters, and they realize pretty quickly that it's really not doing much for them. Mm -hmm. And in that way, they become significantly more sexually enlightened because they understand what it is they really want out of swinging interactions yeah and now i will say we did have one experience and this kind of lends itself to what we're talking about which is how women are not just celebrated as i mentioned but almost expected to be bisexual as you mentioned in the space we had an occasion to play with a couple where the female was 
or identified as straight. And it was not an awesome experience, not because of her sexuality necessarily, just her lack of attention on the room itself and more of her fixation on me, which made you uncomfortable. Well, here's the thing. There is nothing wrong with wanting to play with other bisexual women. We have talked about if we are going to play in a four-way four-way play session, if we're going to have all four of us in the same room on the same bed, it does not make sense to me for the other woman to be completely straight because I am very bisexual. I love touching women. I love kissing women. I love going down on women. I love all of that. And for me, I'm missing out on a piece of what I really love about being in a four-way play session if I don't get to engage with the woman. And there's nothing wrong with that. What would make it wrong is saying... Every woman that's out there that's straight shouldn't be straight. They should, you know, they shouldn't be able to be who they are sexually. And maybe they will eventually be bisexual if they just learn a little bit more about themselves. Yeah, they'll come around at some point, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's interesting that you say that the four way connection, the way you and I play, and, and obviously folks who listen to our other show know this, typically, not always, typically, we're a separate room couple. And we do that for a lot of reasons we don't need to go into. But when we do have a four-way connection, a true four-way connection, in fact, I was literally today just corresponding with a couple on one of our profiles, and they were asking me what our method of play was and what we, you know, what types of thing we, things we were into in the space. And when, of course, when I mentioned that we are primarily a separate room couple and you know full swap separate room couple, and that we will play with a couple together, provided chemistry is really just exceptional. From that point on. All the conversation stopped. I have not heard back from them. Yeah. And it, it definitely weeds out the folks who don't play the same way we do. Now, also along the same lines of what you were just saying, when we play with a couple, ideally you like for the female portion of that couple, should it be a, a heteronormative couple or a male-female couple, you would like the female to identify as bisexual because it makes for a better play session for you. Oddly enough, you don't hear that from men. I'm bisexual. It doesn't really occur to me to make sure that both parties are bisexual. It really, until you said that, it never occurred to me because we've never talked about it. Yeah, well, I think that also goes back to the double standard and how far yeah. we have to go in terms of accepting sexuality in general. Because I think as a bisexual man, you expect that you're not going to play with the other half. Yeah, like, unless that time. is explicitly discussed ahead of time because there's interest on everyone's end, you don't expect to go into a play session and have male-on-male contact. Well, also consider this. It's already, for those of you who don't know, it's the, the difficulty in this space in terms of compatibility is the four-way connection, right? And primarily it's because of the, I mean, not just, of course, because of all the compatibility that has to take place, but added to that, in this case or in our case, the fact that you like for the female portion of that couple to be bisexual, you know, because you like that portion of it. So again, there's just an added component. Yeah, and I like that. It's my preference, but I certainly don't expect that of anyone. And I would also never assume that because somebody has a different sexuality than what I prefer in play sessions, that they are somehow less than or inexperienced or in need of fixing. Right, or you know, or yeah, or not not advanced enough to understand their own sexuality or what they want or don't want. Exactly. So I do. I want to extrapolate this a little bit because I certainly don't want to make it seem as if we are putting female sexuality in the lifestyle in a bad light. I think that the lifestyle versus regular society in terms of how women and sexuality are viewed 
is night and day. And I do feel like the lifestyle, much to your point when we were discussing it yesterday, Brian, is far more advanced than normal, quote unquote, society is when it comes to female sexuality. In many ways, not just female sexuality, but certainly in sexuality in general. But yes, I agree with you. Still work to be done, though. Yeah. And that's my point is I feel like because we're kind of on that next tier of understanding what it what it means to be an empowered woman and to have men support us as empowered women. I think that we need to just up our game and make sure that we are continuing to grow and do better. Just because we're better than society doesn't mean we should continue to just stay exactly where we're at. And I guess that's my point. I I love that there are so many women in this space that love to feel sexy. I love that there are so many women in this space who enjoy the f- the male attention based on the things they wear, the makeup, whatever. I feel like you should be able to do whatever you want. And that's the whole point of feminism, period, in my opinion. I think a lot of people think of feminism in a very different way. It's women should be these things in order to be progressive and, and move women forward. I think feminism should be you get to be whoever you want to be as a woman. You get to express yourself in the ways that make you feel comfortable. And you shouldn't have to be worried about how that impacts the people around you. Because at the end of the day, it's your life and it's your journey. Yeah, 100%. But, and it goes, I go back to the lifestyle where, as I mentioned earlier, and you mentioned, it, it is definitely more of an advanced place to be in terms of sexuality and empowerment and all of those things. But there is still work to be done because there is a lot, unfortunately, in my opinion, a lot of the societal norms that get kind of, they seep into the lifestyle. It happens a lot. And that's where you get, as we talked earlier, first thing in the show was the the themes and expectations of dress and all those kinds of things. It's no different anywhere else. We talk about it all the time, particularly when we were living back home in Montana. We see a couple out nine times out of 10, the women are dressed to the nines, always just well put together. And the guys just throw on a dirty sweatshirt and a ball cap backwards and out they go. It's like, clearly the gal took time to put herself together. She's, she cares about how she looks. And so the and the guy doesn't at all. And almost like he doesn't, doesn't think he has to. Well, it's really funny because right now, for those of you who don't know, we're sitting on a lake in Florida. And it is the land of retirees here. It is a lot of older people. And you see a lot of couples. They are kind of putting around on their golf carts. They're getting on their boats. And have you noticed? that the women are still, even at the this age, in central Florida on a lake, the women are far more put together than their male partners. Absolutely. Absolutely. There was a couple that got on a boat yesterday. She was dressed really well. She had a bathing suit on. She had this really nice wrap on. Her hair was done. She had the big sunglasses and just everything matched. And this guy was just, you know, dirty shorts, t-shirt. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it was obvious that she took time. She cared. She's going out with her husband out on the lake, on the boat. She wants to look great. Yeah. Women definitely definitely tend to do a better job i guess of really taking stock in their appearance and how they how that makes them feel but is that what it is is it i feel better when i do this therefore i do it or is it an expectation that has been placed on women mostly by men and companies like makeup companies and clothing companies that make you feel as if you are not the best woman you could be if you don't do those things. I guess that's always my concern with these things. Are you doing it for yourself or are you doing it for someone else? Well, let's, I mean, I I take you as that example. You like to do those things for yourself. I certainly don't request or 
demand that you do your hair and your makeup and you just you know all of the things it takes for you to you know to feel good and you know when we go out and I don't care you know me I, I like you without makeup I prefer it a lot of times right you prefer me with no makeup and with my hair up actually which is the yeah. complete polar opposite of how I like to go out I like to be dolled up I like to have my hair down when we're not in Florida and we're not dealing with crazy humidity I like to curl my hair I'm very feminine yeah. but you're right I do those things for myself because that's how I feel sexy Right. And I just wish that more women would get to that point where it's not some sort of a a box that they're putting themselves in. They have to be these perfect little dolls in order to be accepted by the people around them. Well, it's also, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, right? If I don't, if you don't do your hair and your makeup and all those things, not you necessarily, but speaking in terms of a woman, they're going to feel like they don't fit in or they're going to be outcast somehow or, you know, not accepted and, you know, not respected or whatever the case may be. Like I said, I like you with a ball cap and your hair in a ponytail and no makeup and out the door we go. I like that. That's not your thing necessarily. It makes you feel better personally to take those extra steps. And that for me is all that matters. If you do it for you and it makes you feel better, then that's why I want you to do it. I certainly don't want to for any other reason. And I would never hold you to some ridiculous expectation or standard. And maybe that's one of those things we need to do. Guys, right, in general. Start talking about it, having those conversations like, hey, it. you don't need to take two hours to get ready. I love you the way you, you look. I love the way you look the way you are. Let's let's hit it. And, and don't put that extra added pressure on women to do those things. Absolutely. And I also think that men should express some of the ways in which, you know, they maybe enjoy things that are outside of the normal expectations of what a woman should look like. I think if more men were honest about the fact that, for example, they love curvy women or they love women whose hair is pulled back into a tight bun, you know, those are things that are not necessarily the status quo for what society deems to be uber attractive, although the curvy thing is definitely starting to get there. I think that's uh, yeah, that's sure. quickly shifting. It is. But do I wish that more men would be just open and honest about some of the things that they enjoy so that not because women should have to live to that standard, a, a different standard, more so because women who maybe are not the status quo for the most attractive qualities can start to understand that they can be sexy to someone or they can be sexy to themselves, which is the most important thing. Yeah, so, sure. yeah, I mean, all of that. I mean, that that's definitely part of it. I, I think from a lifestyle perspective, too, the, what I want to wrap this up by saying on my end is this. If you feel sexy dressing up and, and having the cleavage and the stiletto heels and all those things when you go to an event or you feel like dressing in the theme, you seek out themes that make you feel feminine and sexy, there is nothing wrong with that. We are not poo-pooing on any of the clubs or events that do these themes because people go to them and there's probably people that really enjoy it. I guess my point is I would like to enter a new era in the lifestyle where women don't feel some sort of a pressure to behave in those ways. If they don't want to wear stiletto heels, they're not going to wear stiletto heels. If they want to have their chest completely covered, they can. If they want to wear pants, there are clubs out there that will not allow women to wear pants, which is insane to me. Like, that is the most misogynistic thing ever. Okay, well, that yeah. one I do have an issue with. Yeah, that's but, crazy. But yeah, I think that we just need to get to a point where you can wear what you want and still be seen as a sexual being. You can still walk into a space and people can know that you are a sexual, powerful woman and it has nothing to do with the way that you are dressed or the way that you are done up for the evening. Well, and, if, and like you said, if that's what you want to do and you enjoy it and it makes you feel good, then by all means, do it. 
but I don't think doing it because it's what is expected of you by others is the way to go. And that's that's really what we're saying here. At least that's what I'm saying. I certainly don't require that and would not demand it of, of anyone. Uh, I am not a person who really, as you know, necessarily enjoys the idea of all of the fanfare and all the makeup and all the big hair and all that stuff. I, it's not my thing. I, I like it down. Everyone, I like people to downplay it or women to downplay it. I don't need it all. It's not necessary for me. So I guess from that perspective, I don't understand it. You know, it's difficult for me to wrap my head around why that's a, a thing. Well, it's not all about you, Brian. People can do whatever they want, and that's yes, the whole can. point. Yes, and the can. other thing is, I think when women go to events, what I would really like to stop seeing is the constant worry about what should I be wearing. You know, you'll see a group of friends, for example, they're all going to go to the same event together, and they're all texting each other. I've been guilty of this several times. Oh, yeah. We're texting each other before an event going, what are you wearing? Show me a picture of your dress. What heels are you going to have on? And I think that there's a fun camaraderie in that. And once again, if that's why it's being done, if that's the goal of it, it, that's fine. But if it's to live up to a standard or f- to not feel out of place, we just need to get away from that mindset. Yeah, if it's fun, like you said, if you're doing it for fun and, and, and the gals are getting together and they're trying to, you know, put something together that makes some sense for each other, and just have some have a good time with it. That's one thing. But doing it because there's pressure for you to do it or the, the appearance or the, you know, the, the perception of pressure to do it, yeah, that's not gonna, that doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. And I, I do think we're getting away from that a little bit. I think as the, as the age of the lifestyler drops a little bit over time, I think we'll see a little bit less of that. I could not agree more. I think as Gen Z starts aging into the lifestyle more, it's going to change drastically, not only in terms of of these topics that we've brought up today, but in terms of a lot of things. I mean, I have a sister who is a Gen Zer. She's in college right now. And I love speaking to her about a lot of things because she is so progressive in her thoughts and she's so mindful of things that have to do with like pressures on women and pressures on, you know, LGBTQ and and all sorts of different groups of people that I don't think the average 45 or 50 year old lifestyler thinks about. It's just not part of their thought process because it's not something they've been exposed to. And the more that we have the chance to kind of intermingle generations within the lifestyle, the better it's going to get all around. 100%. Like I said, as that age drops, I think the awareness will increase. So anyway, this was a, a maybe a little bit heavier of a sex on your terms than we've done in a while. But I felt it was important to talk about because, like I said, I, I don't want to paint the picture that the lifestyle is this misogynistic space. I don't think that that's true in any way, shape or form. In fact, I think it's the opposite. I think it is so female driven and I think it is such a positive place for women to be. But that being said, I want it to hold itself to a higher standard because of that. I want women to constantly feel as if they are upping their game in terms of their own empowerment and empowering the women around them because of the fact that they're in the lifestyle, because of the fact that they're already in a place where women are treated differently on a sexual level. Well, what's interesting is, as I said in the beginning, this lifestyle is driven or the lifestyle of of ethical non-monogamy, the swinging centric lifestyle is female driven. It's very rare that you run into a couple in this space where the female is not the the loudest voice, right? So honestly, the pressure to change all of this really is on the women. Women can change this in the lifestyle. Men shouldn't have anything to do with it. We shouldn't, we shouldn't say a word about that. We just need to, we need to let, let the oh, women do what they want to do. I don't women, agree. I don't agree. I think you need to have a supportive voice. I, I, think... I don't mean not supportive, but women can make this change. If, if they really got together and, and made it happen, the women could effect real change and the guys will get in lockstep. 
Well, that's probably true. I just think in general, everyone needs to be more mindful of, you know, women's issues and and feminism in general and being open to the idea that maybe the way things have been done in the lifestyle all of this time from a clubs and events perspective, from a dress code perspective, from all of the things that we've discussed, maybe need to be reexamined. Oh, they absolutely do. Like anything else, things need to be revisited, and this is one of them. Yes. So if you guys want to discuss this topic in more depth, I'm having so much fun right now coaching women on things just like this, whether it's overcoming sexual shame, finding your voice, your sexual voice, loving your body, and learning to accept yourself with both flaws and the things that make you amazing. That has really become my passion. I know Brian has had an amazing time talking to men about their sexuality There's many different things, many different ways that we can help and that we love helping. So you can find all of our coaching information at sexonyourterms.com and you can book a free consultative call with us there. We would love to chat with you. You can also email us at sexonyourterms at gmail.com. Keep in mind, you can also find us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at sexonyourterms. And if you haven't already left us a review on Apple Podcasts or subscribed on whichever podcast app you're currently listening on. We would very much appreciate if you did. It helps us get noticed by people looking for content like ours. So we appreciate those of you who have already done it. I think that's all we have for you today. And until next time, we hope you enjoy Sex on Your Terms.